0: Okay, thank you so much. Thank those who provide our special music and our choir and our praise team and all of you. Thank you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 10. We want to look at one verse. And then uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. This morning I'm going to share a sermon that I've entitled, Awakening to Spiritual Service. Awakening to spiritual service. And we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse 12. And a little later, we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God to walk in his ways, and to love him. To serve the Lord, your God, with all of your heart and with all of your soul and to keep his commandments. Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence this morning. I thank you for each person here and now, God, as we've had our time to worship and what a great time we had. We just pray, Lord, that uh, we worshiped you in spirit and in truth, you were pleased in our worship, how we worshiped, and our openness to you. And now Father, I pray as we come to this passage of Scripture in First Corinthians, you'll speak to our hearts as we think on the subject awakening to spiritual service. And so I make this prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12, is a very important message because it expresses four things the Lord God requires of us. And the word require is also translated demands. Not only does he require it, but God demands these four things. So there are four things that the Lord demands of his people. First of all, he says, fear the Lord. Now, that's not a scary type fear. But that's a reverence fear. We're to reverence God. We need to realize, remember who God is and how powerful and he's sovereign God. And we need to approach him that way. So we need to fear the Lord. We need to reverence God. And then we need to walk in his ways. Simply means to obey his commands. You say, well, I I don't know all the commands. Well, wherever you're reading in God's word and God speaks to you in a command, you just need to obey that command. Walk in his ways, obey his commands. Love him. Now that word love is the the Greek word agape. Agape love is a love that's expressed in action and not just words. Action. It's the same word used when it says, uh, uh, And Christ loved the church. How did he love it? He acted upon that. He He gave himself for the church. Husbands, love your wives. That's agape love. How? By acting. Not just saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. But by acting on your love. And so he says, fear the Lord, walk in his ways, love him, that love that's expressed in action, and not just words. If I say, do you love the Lord? How many of you love the Lord? Uh, raise your hands. Probably all of us in here, hopefully we'd raise our hands. But that's agape love. What are you doing for the Lord? How are you expressing your love for God? And then he says to serve him. Serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So the question we want to look at in acquiring this spiritual service, what are we doing for God? How are you serving God? The word serve there literally also means to work. How are you working for the Lord? How are you serving the Lord? So the point is we're to be workers for God. Now, why is that? Well, because you and I are the ones that God uh, uses to accomplish his mission here on this earth. We're the ones, we're his workers. We're on co-mission with God. We're fulfilling the great co-mission. We're we're co-workers with God. We're working with God in order that a lost world can come to Jesus Christ. So now God's message to us today is as a local body of baptized believers, followers of Jesus Christ, we need to awaken to our spiritual service. The point is, in order for Mountain View to be the church that God wants us to be, God desires us to be, there must be this spiritual, this must be an awakening. You can call it a spiritual awakening. I believe if you have a spiritual awakening, this will be part of that awakening. But God wants us to be awakened to spiritual service. Now, what does the word awake mean? Well, the word awake means to be aroused. It means to be gotten up. It means to be made alert. So, therefore, my prayer today as a pastor of this church is that God will speak to our hearts, that a spiritual alarm will sound that will arouse us to spiritual service spiritual service. Now, for this awakening this spiritual uh, to spiritual service to take place, there are six factors, and I want to hurriedly mention those, six factors that we must be aware of in order for this awakening to spiritual service to take place. First of all, taking notes, all of us followers of Jesus Christ, all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, are required, another word for required is what? Demanded by God to do what? To serve. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. We just read it. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25 says, So you, speaking of God's people, shall serve the Lord your God. And so the point is, God depends on you, followers of Jesus Christ, myself, followers of Jesus Christ, here at Mountain View Baptist Church, To be awakened to spiritual service. Why? Because all of us are required to serve. Now, that's pretty plain. Secondly, in order for us to have this awakening to spiritual service, secondly, you have to be gifted to serve. Now, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Awakening to spiritual service. You you have I should say you have been, you have already, you've already, if you're a follower of Christ, you've already been gifted to serve. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and look at verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit of God, the manifestation, the diversities of gifts, but the manifestation of the Spirit of God is given to each one For to profit with all. So you and I have been given spiritual gifts by God for what purpose? To profit each other. The manifestation of those gifts are all different types of gifts. We're going to talk about those in just a moment. Every believer in here has at least one gift or more than one gift. For what purpose? To profit me, for me to profit you, for us to profit each other, for us to build up the body of Christ. That's why you're gifted verse 8 for to one or to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but one in the self-same self spirit works all of these, distributing to each other or to each one individually as he wills. Speaking of the spirit, giving out spiritual gifts. Now some of these gifts are not practiced now since, since the apostles, since after the time of the apostles. But this is what he says, the spirit gives us different gifts. For as the body, verse 12, is one, has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so all is, so also is Christ. We're just one body. But we have many members. But by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and we've all been made to drink into that one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And so we've been gifted to serve. Now, as you study the work of the Holy Spirit, you're going to find out that the Holy Spirit has, has done a work for us. The Holy Spirit calls us to salvation. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit does work in us. The Holy Spirit does work for us, calls us to salvation, brings us to Christ. We receive Christ. But not only does he do work for us, but he does work in us. And that work in us is our sanctification. That's the Holy Spirit working in us, molding us every day to become more like Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit does for us in that he calls us to salvation. He convicts us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Says to us, we need to be saved. He calls us to salvation. He brings about salvation. And what he does in us is sanctification. He sanctifies us. He makes us, he brings us more and more like Jesus Christ every day. So the Holy Spirit is doing in us what we call sanctification. Meaning that the Holy Spirit changes us and he modes us into the image of Christ until we begin to produce spiritual fruit in our life. Ephesians 5 says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and temperance and meekness. There's no law against any of that. You cannot produce joy. That's a, that's a fruit of the Spirit. You can't produce peace if you just want to live peaceful. You can't live peaceful without Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit produces peace in your life. And so what he does, he works in our life to sanctify us, to make us more like Jesus, and begins to produce this fruit of the Spirit in our life. So, salvation for us. Holy Spirit then sanctifies us, changes us. And then third, the Holy Spirit works through our Christian service. He works through us. Now, in order for us to do service, now listen, The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. In order for you to serve God like you should, he gives you spiritual gifts. Now, there's there's a difference between a spiritual gift and a talent. Some people get those confused. Uh, A a talent is given to you at your physical birth. And I I like to use the messers as an example. Terry knows music. His mother was our she was our pianist. Uh, his granddaddy Frank, uh, his his uh, uncle Jimmy, and uncle Charles, and all those Messers, and even it comes back to Arnold and Kathy over here. Uh, all of those Messers and shells they they knew music. That's that's a natural ability to To this, not to my family, but it is to their family. So a, a talent is something given to us at our physical birth, but there's that difference between the spiritual gift and that learned talent or that natural ability. So a talent is something that's learned or inherited at our physical birth. Some of you are great mechanics. Some of you are great plumbers. Some of you, those are natural abilities. Those are things that you've learned. Those are things that you've grown up learning to do or passed on to you. And I just mentioned music. And so a talent is given at your physical birth, but a spiritual gift is given to the believer at their spiritual birth. And so when you were born again, God gave you a spiritual gift, or more than one gift. And so how are you going to use that gift? Now, why did God give me this gift or these gifts? And you may not know what your spiritual gift is, so the first, the first thing you need to do is discover what your spiritual gift is. Now, this is done by you doing some Bible study and taking a little uh, test on, on what you feel like God's leading you to do or not to do. Or someone may come up to you and say, you know, I've been talking to you lately, and it just it just seems to me that you'd be... You know, you'd be a good teacher. Well, other people see our gifts, and they'll relate that to us. But we need to discover what our spiritual gift is, and we need to uh, realize that God has given us those gifts to serve him, and not only to give us those gifts to serve him, but those gifts are given to us to bless others, to bless other people. Gifts are not just for our enjoyment, okay? Okay. One Wiersbe said this. He said, spiritual gifts are not toys to play with, but tools to work with. And so you have spiritual gifts, at least one, perhaps more, not just to play with, but to work with, to serve the Lord with. Never forget, spiritual gifts are primarily employment and not enjoyment. You're to use your spiritual gift to edify and to build up the church. So, all of us are required to serve. All believers, followers of Christ, have at least one, perhaps more spiritual gifts. And then, whatever you do is important. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are several different types of gifts, but the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gave the gifts. And as you read chapter 12, and I'm not going to take time to do that, but just go back, read chapter 12, 4 through 10, and then 28 through 30, and as you read that passage of Scripture, you'll realize that there's 16 spiritual gifts mentioned there. 16 spiritual gifts. And so what I want to do right now for just a few minutes, I want to divide those spiritual gifts up, kind of give you an idea to say, hey, I believe that's that's the direction God's leading me, or I don't believe I have that spiritual gift, and so let me divide those up, and I want to show you just a little a thing on the on the screen, as I divide this up. Well, before I do that, Kenny, let me just let me mention those. Uh, I've got four different types of ministries. First of all, I have the ministry of serving. The ministry of serving. Now, in order to have that ministry, be a part of that ministry, your gifts are the gift of helps and the gift of giving and the gift of mercy. If you've got the gift of helps, you just love helping people, love ministering to people, love giving, carrying people food when they're sick, helping people when they're down. You know, you have the gift of serving. And so your, your qualifications for that gift would be helps and giving and mercy. Those are the spiritual gifts, I'd say, for that ministry of serving. Next is teaching. What about teaching? Well, that's a ministry, the ministry of teaching. What gift should you have? That of wisdom. That's Bible wisdom. Leadership and knowledge. That's Bible knowledge. Okay? Those are the the gifts that go with the ministry of teaching. Okay, let's say another one is worship. Worship, that's a ministry, the ministry of worship. You should, uh, that's, that takes care of the gift of preaching, the gift of exhortation, the gift of pastoring. And then let's, uh, th- the gift of witnessing. The gift of witnessing, or the ministry of witnessing, the gifts are the gift of faith. You know, some, everybody, all of us have some some sense of faith. All of us practice faith. All of us know and we believe, we trust God, but, you know, some just go just a little higher to have that gift of faith, just a little deeper with that gift of faith. And then evangelism, that's where the the evangelist gift comes in. All of us are called to share the gospel, but this is the gift of evangelism, and that's where that gift comes to those uh, who are... Uh, vocational evangelist. But whatever you do is important, whether it's teaching or preaching or cutting grass. What's cutting grass? That's the ministry of service. Arnold comes over, mows the grass here at the church, done the Lord a lot. That's, uh, Chris came by and, and done some work on the roof. That's the ministry of serving. Kevin's done some plumbing work here at the church. That's the ministry of uh is, is, is that necessarily a gift? No, but what is it? It's a natural ability that they can do and they're using it to edify and to build up the church. Okay, so it, it may be, it may be setting up tables, it may be this in the homebound, the, the working in the nursery, washing the church van, driving the church van, helping with children's church, cleaning the church, repairing the church, visiting a new neighbor, helping a new neighbor, helping the homeless, been a part of the shoebox ministry, the backpack ministry. All of these are, all of these are ministries of serving, so much serving to be done, uh, working with senior adults, working with Operation Christmas Child. All of these are, are things that we could be helping with. Senior adults, you're important. You know, I can of have problems. Some people say, well, I don't have to do anything now, I'm retired. Really? But God don't see that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 22. I don't know about your secular job, but serving him you don't retire. No, much no much. rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Okay, you're necessary. Our older people are necessary. Some of my, my prayer partners are older people. Uh, Brother Snodgrass, I mentioned, he'd sit there in the Waffle House, go from table to table to table sharing Jesus and talking to them about the Lord and about how God can help them in their lives. I mean, that, yeah, older people are not excluded from serving the Lord. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty two says, No, much rather those members of the body who seem to be weaker are necessary. So the question is, what can I? What can, where can I work? What can I, where can I serve as a member of Mountain View Baptist Church? Well, I'm going to show you a little form. Kevin's gonna, uh, Kenny's going to sh- throw it up on the screen. And when you leave today, you, you don't believe you can see it from there. But anyway, when you leave from da- here today, as you go out, you're going to be handed a little yellow form, and it says Mountain View Baptist Church ministry team, 23, uh, 2023-24. And here's what it says. After much prayer, I feel that God has gifted me with spiritual gifts and natural abilities to connect and serve on the following ministry teams. And so if you want to serve here in the church, here's the ministry team. You check as many as you feel led that God has gifted you or given you natural abilities to help with. The Adult Welcome Center, Baptism. Need someone to help fill the tank, drain the tank, help people with, their, with uh, getting their clothes ready, getting them out, getting them in. Brotherhood. Richard always is our brotherhood director. Needs people to come and help cook, help clean up, set up tables and get, take them down, put them back up. Buildings and grounds. Buildings and grounds. We have a buildings and grounds committee, and they'll plan projects for the church, and then those on this ministry team come together and make sure that gets done it's real simple it involves the entire church family children's church children's ministry children's welcome center christian ethics and religious liberty we want to you know abortion's terrible and we're hearing a lot about abortion now how we're going to address that as a church and this committee and this ministry team will come together hopefully plan something for us to do church fellowships church greeters church signs Somebody has a sign. Have you ever driven by a church and the an announcement on the sign that's three months old? My goodness, I just I want to get out and change it myself when I see that. But we need people to change the sign out from time to time. And then, uh, church van drivers, drama team, event staff. Who's going to set up the tables for the next fellowship? Who's going to take them down? Who's going to have it all ready when people start coming in? It takes people to do all this. Uh, health and wellness something we want to start. We're getting everything prepared with Chevin and everything now, and we want to have a team of RNs and LPNs and those in the medical field and have somebody on call here every Sunday in case we have an emergency. we got a room set aside to use that. We've had money donated to buy some equipment, and we need, these, we need some servants to, to hop up and volunteer. What about a, a hospital visitation, local missions? Planning a water giveaway or a hot dog giveaway or whatever they want to plan. Lord's Supper, Nursing Home Assisted Living, Operation Christmas Child, the prayer ministry. We're talking about a prayer ministry doing some things different than in regards to starting uh, a prayer ministry. Sanctuary choir. Still have empty seats up here, and some of you sing great. Just volunteer, come on up, or just agree to serve. Serve in the choir. Terry's doing a good job. Uh, Team Kids, Ushers, Vacation Bible School, Video, Women's Missionary Union, Youth, and any other. Plenty of places. So what don't you do is, when you're handed one of these, adults and youth, take those home, pray. And as God awakens you this morning to the fact that you're required to serve, uh, to build up the body of Christ, after you've prayed, go with that, mark where you want to serve, and be a part of that ministry team. And get to serving. That's what God calls us to do. So whatever you do is important. Years ago, I heard a statement by John Brody. He was quarterback for for the uh, for the uh, San Friend 49ers. That's what he said. And I've shared it one other time years and years back. He was asked one day as a quarterback, million-dollar quarterback then, was a lot of money, he was asked, why would... He'd be asked, as that quarterback, to hold the ball for an extra point and for field goals. Couldn't they get someone else? They asked him, they said, why would they ask you to do that? And he looked at them very seriously, and he'd say, they said, why do you hold the ball? He says, because it'd fall over if I don't. <laughs> Regardless what you do, it's important. That's the point he's making. Whatever you do, regardless of your natural ability, spiritual gift, you're important to the work and ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church. So God's wanting you to place, he will want to place you in, this, in a strategic position at Mountain View Baptist Church. All of us are required to serve. We've been gifted to serve. What you do is important. There's categories of spiritual gifts. you got serving and teaching and worship and witnessing. All those different ministries with different gifts. And then why do you serve? I'm gonna end with this. Why do you serve? Why do we do what we do? Is it for our salvation? No. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, at least any man should boast. You can work around the church twenty four seven and not go to heaven, miss heaven altogether. You you that won't attain salvation. Is it to bring personal glory to you? Uh, Jesus said those hypocrites that stand on the side of the street and pray, that's their glory, that's their reward, just people walking by and seeing them doing it. That'll be your reward if that's why you're doing it, just to be seen of men for your own personal glory. You know, the story's told of Peter and John. They were taking a walk with Jesus, and Jesus told them pick up two stones. They were walking down this rocky road, and he told them pick up two stones. And so John got this real large stone, and Peter got a little tiny stone. And they walked a little piece further. And uh, uh, Jesus said, are you guys hungry? And they said, yes. And uh, so he said, hold out your stones. And so John held out his big stone. And Peter held out his small stone. And Jesus turned those stones into bread. Now, this is just a story. It's not <laughs> biblical. Okay? I hope you've realized that by now. But he turned the stones into bread. And they they ate. John ate his big loaf, and Peter had a little tiny loaf. And uh, Peter didn't quite get enough. He didn't have his hunger satisfied because he had that small stone. So John gave him some of his. He had that large stone. And so they went on their way, and Jesus said, Pick up two more stones. And so this time, John got a big stone. Peter, Peter got a bigger stone. And so they're walking along. They came to a river. Instead of turning bread, Jesus said, throw your stones into the river. And they just looked at each other. He said, throw your stones into the river. And they threw their stones. And then Jesus said this, for whom were you carrying your stones? Carrying your stones because he's asked you to do it or for what you get out of it? You know, God's called us and he's called us to serve him. All of us are required. We've been gifted Whatever you do is important. You have those categories of spiritual gifts. We need to serve for the right purpose. And then I'll close with this real quick. We're going to be rewarded for the service one day. Listen, if you will, at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. This sort of make you want to serve. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body According to what he's done, whether it's good or bad, that's the judgment seat. That's not the great white throne, but that's where you're going to be given rewards for how you for what you've done, how you've served the Lord, and that's coming one day. that's That's going to be that's going to be coming, and we're going to stand before that judgment seat. And as we stand there before God, we're going to give a report to Him. And in Matthew chapter Matthew chapter sixteen, verse twenty seven, listen to this. For the Son of Man will come in his glory with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his works. And so why do we serve him? Well, we serve him because one day we're going to be judged and we're going to be handed rewards for how we've served him. I was talking to someone this, this, uh, this week, and they were talking about rewards and crowns, you know, and. And they were talking about crowns, and, and I mentioned rewards. And, and they said, uh, man, I tell you, I just don't believe I'll have many crowns. I don't believe I'll have many rewards. And I said, well, you won't get to keep your crowns. Really? Why is that? And I said, we're going to lay them at Jesus' feet when that time comes. But you're going to receive crowns, but you're going to receive rewards and what you've done and how you did it here while serving him on this earth. We're going to close with an invitation hymn. I've asked Kyle and Terry if they'd come and sing this, but what I want you to do, I want you to just pray. And during this hymn, this is is our invitation hymn. If you need to come and talk to God and make a commitment to Him to, to serve Him more, to begin serving Him, to discover your spiritual gifts, or whatever you need to do in regards to Deuteronomy 10, verse 12, you need to come and make things right with God in regards to your service. And so if you're here without Christ today, if you've never accepted Christ, you're at the right place at the right time, hearing the right message in that God loves you, He came, He died on the cross for you, and He wants you to be saved where you can live with Him forever. First of all, He wants you to have an eternal life. He wants you to have an abundant life here on earth. The Bible says it this way, the thief comes to steal and to kill. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Satan's primary purpose is to steal from you, to kill you, to rob from you, eventually to, to, to kill you spiritually to where you'll never be able to go to heaven. But Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He wants you to have an abundant life right now while you're living He wants to help you with your problems. He wants to help you with your addiction. He wants to help you with your children, with your job. He wants you to live an abundant life right now. But when you die, he wants you to live with him eternally in heaven. But that's a choice that you have to make. If you haven't made that choice to be with Jesus, you need to come today and say, Brother Sam, I don't understand all of it, but I want to be saved. And I'll share with you after everyone leaves how you can have an abundant life right here and have eternal life after this life is over with. So just remain seated, use this as an invitation, and listen as they sing a song about rewards and crowns, and it's called uh, Pile of Crowns.